I have a story for you. It's just one story, but I'm going to tell it in three different ways. So here's the first telling. I invite you first to imagine. Imagine that you are living in a time with the reign of a narcissistic dictator. A dictator who refused to concede power no matter what. I mean, for all the ways that we have experienced unrest over this year, imagine that this was not just a year, but it was over generations. Your parents, your grandparents, your children, your grandchildren all have lived with this same degree of uncertainty and chaos and fear. For years, your people have been terrorized and even killed by those in power. Now, imagine we have not been able to gather in our usual ways for almost a year now, but imagine that this had gone on instead for generations. And it wasn't just a matter of public health as it has been for us, but instead our church and our practices and everything we hold most dear, all of these has, have just been outlawed. We cannot be, be, bring our children to be blessed or memorialize those who have died or work for liberation or justice for all. And then imagine hope against hope that a small band of rebels without enough resources or enough people, without any real reason to think that they could be successful, that they managed to overthrow those in power and liberate everyone into a new and possible freedom. This is the story of Hanukkah, the story of the Jewish people after the rebellion of that small band known as the Maccabees. Finally, they who had lived on the edge of despair for so long would be able to return to their lives as they knew them, return to their temple, which was for them a place of security and memory and hope. They would be liberated from fear and chaos. They would know instead community, tradition, routine, the pleasure of the deeply familiar. In the historical record, this is the miracle of Hanukkah. This is the magic that a small community of people who refused to accept the world as it was, even after generations of it being that way, a small group continuing to act until liberation becomes reality. This is magic and it is enough. Except if you know the story of Hanukkah, you know that this is not the way that it is usually told. Usually instead we hear at least a little bit about some oil and candles or eight nights, which brings us to the second telling. This one comes from the great teachers, the rabbis who passed along this story as a way to teach their people who they were, who they are in a lasting sense, regardless of the circumstances. In their telling, the rabbis telling of Hanukkah, we are reminded that for many years before that uprising, when the Jews were hiding in caves, 
and fending off arrest, they had missed their great festival of Sukkot, which must be celebrated in the temple. And so now that they had returned, they could begin the ritual as their promises with God required. As they began though, they realized that the Assyrians had destroyed all but one night's worth of oil for the lamp, for the ritual, and they needed eight days worth. Anything less would not allow for a true rededication or commitment to begin again as a religious community and as a people. And as the story goes, however, rather than that lamp staying lit for one day, the oil lasted for the whole eight days, even though there was not enough even though it was impossible, even though it should not have worked, it did. This was the magic moment, the miracle in the rabbi's telling. These eight days, our why Hanukkah is celebrated for eight nights, with each night lighting a new candle on the menorah. And the oil of the lamp is how you end up with latkes and other oil-heavy foods as a part of the Hanukkah celebration. Now, if you've joined us around this time of Hanukkah in the last few years, however, you might have also heard me tell this story in a third way. Because for me, the miracle of this story is something less showy, more routine. The miracle for me is the choice that the Jewish people made to light that lamp in the first place. I mean, just think, they, they made the choice, even though they probably didn't think it would make any difference at all. I'm sure some people amongst them thought that this was a foolish idea, that they should just give up, but they didn't. Something in them persuaded them to imagine that something else more than they could see could be at work. Something beyond their own effort or their own vision. And then they decided to act on behalf of that imagination. This choice to act in spite of all evidence, in service of a greater vision of hope, this was the magic and the miracle. 